It's Friday on Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Glad to have you guys all back for another day. If you guys are old enough, um, you probably said at some point last night or today, wow, we really needed the rain if you live in the Twin Cities. And we did. Um, got some last night, a little thunder, a little lightning. That was a little different for November. But here we are, um, excited for today's show. Got a lot to bring you uh, today. Ben Gessling will join me in just a minute. Usually we you know, if you've listened for any amount of time, you know there's a certain order, a certain structure to a typical show. But I'm going to get right with Ben here in a minute to talk Vikings, to talk about what this 6-1 and one start means in the big picture. Talk about the TJ Hawkinson trade a little bit, but more big picture in the roster. Looking forward to 2023 and beyond. And uh, some of the decisions that maybe have gotten more complicated, maybe in a good way, because this team has been uh, winning so many games this season. Also got to get to the Wild Lost 4 nothing to the Kraken. The Kraken was released on Thursday at Excel Energy Center um, in front of less than a sellout crowd, by the way. 4 nothing lost, like I said. So disappointment there, but we'll get into that a little bit. Got a Timberwolves thought. We've got a lot of Timberwolves thoughts this week. They play the Bucks tonight. Um, interesting game there. Um, got some Cheryl Reeve contract extension and title change thoughts as well. And we'll sneak in the World Series because I watched more of that game probably than the other the other previous uh, four in the series, and that was a pretty good one. Houston prevails three to two. Former Twins uh, relief pitcher Ryan Presley gets the save in the ninth inning, closes that one out. So they are now up three two in that series. As promised, though, let's get to my uh, my conversation the other day with Ben Gessling on the Vikings and uh, and everything that entails their future. Let's bring in Ben Gessling, covers the Vikings for the Star Tribune. We chat pretty much every Friday here on Daily Delivery. Uh, ben, the Vikings are 6-1, and one, just made a trade for a uh, very good tight end, TJ Hawkinson, at the trade deadline this week. So naturally, I want to talk to you all about 2023 and <laughs> beyond today. Uh, only stands to reason, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's... it's um... We got to look down there. We got to have one eye in today, one eye in tomorrow, as, as the general manager said something to that effect this week. He did. And that's that's kind of what got me thinking on this track, right? Because obviously they're six and one right now. The margins have been pretty slim, but, it, you know, when yeah. they talk about winning on the margins, winning with these kind of little things, fourth quarter turnover margin, not committing too many penalties, although they had a lot of penalties last week. But generally speaking, they've done the little things needed to win games and are are in a better position I think than anyone could have imagined after seven games not just their own record but how the division has sorted itself out with the Packers being three and five and everybody else being at that record or less so as we think about the Hawkinson trade and we think about 2023 where now he's here for 9.3 million dollars could be you know the possibility of a extension for him at some point just one more kind of permanent piece on that salary cap, does what is this move? Let me just starting with him. What did that move say to you about some of the other pieces that it that could be affected by um, by having him here now, not just for this year, but next year too? Yeah, I mean, I think this year certainly players have received it as kind of a vote of confidence of hey, let's let's push our chips in and, and take a swing here at seeing where this can go with a six and one start and, and the team has been fairly healthy. I mean, they've got a couple things going on now, obviously, but 
to this point, they've been fairly healthy and they haven't lost anybody that you would say is going to upend their season at this point. Um, so certainly it has that implication for this year. For next year, though, it makes things complicated because you have another guy who's got a guaranteed contract that's not at a cheap number. I mean, it's it's affordable it's, if you're going to have a, a productive tight end. Uh, you know, a guy that I think in the right system can be a top five tight end of the league. That's probably okay to pay him that number if he's going to be an integral part of what you do offensively. But they have a lot of decisions to make after this season on who is coming back or not. Uh, the names on that list that will be considered, and I'm writing more about this for Saturday's paper in my, my weekly insider, uh, Adam Thielen is like 19 point something million. There's a lot of dead money, but you could try to make it a post June 1st cut. If we want to get wonky and we, we sometimes like to do that on the show, there's that, or you restructure it. There's Eric Kendricks at, at 10 something million dollars. I think an off ball linebacker, Dalvin cook is back at like 14 one in terms of the cap number. Harrison Smith, I think is in the 19s. Dalvin Tomlinson is not signed. Patrick Peterson is not signed. Zedarius Smith has, a decision to be made in terms of do you want to bring him back at 14 or 15 million? He obviously is having a great year. So that makes that more complicated. NFC defensive player of the month. We just learned. Correct. Yes. Yes. NFC defensive player of the month and defensive player of the week. So holding both of those awards at the same time is very own tiger slam. If you will. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Maybe get the defensive player of the year in there too, I suppose would be a bigger deal, but yeah, they have a lot of decisions to make. They have a decision to make on cousins, frankly, because has a no trade clause, but only has one more year left on his deal after this season. And you have to start to think about what are we going to do there? You have to think about Justin Jefferson, who is going to be eligible for a contract extension after this year. You wouldn't have to do it after this year. My guess is they will try to do that. And that's not going to be cheap either. So there are a lot of decisions coming for this team. And I think it's been interesting this week to hear when, when Patrick Peterson and Adam Thielen are talking about talking to young players about, Hey, we have to appreciate and make the most of these opportunities because they don't come around. Patrick Peterson said something interesting today about a lot of the young players that come in here are coming from college programs that win all the time. They don't understand that this does not come around every year in the NFL when the level of talent is, is much more even than it is in college. You, you can't just roll out there and win 10, 11, 12 games every single year like you can in a lot of the major programs that these guys are from. So players that have been through this, that have seen players come and go, have seen injuries hit, have seen bad luck in games. There's just randomness in football that can derail your season at times. Uh, They know from their years of doing this, that when you have these opportunities, you have to take a shot. And I think the Vikings are doing that. I think it also is interesting as a backdrop just to think about the number of players that may not be here next year that are key contributors to what they're doing right now. So that kind of underscores even more the idea that take your shot while you have it, because this stuff is hard to sustain every single year. And and on that, and on that note, I mean, we were talking before we started the segment and I would never suggest that they don't want to be six and one. Of course they want to be six and one. Any, you know, especially in this wide open NFC, like they, they have a legitimate shot now of winning the division, making the playoffs. Like those are very realistic goals at this point. And once you do that, you've got a chance to make a playoff run and get to the Super Bowl. Um, that said in the, in the idea that this is perhaps even surprising to them a little bit. And, you know, 
the fact that they're winning by a little, you know, suggests that this team is not necessarily dominant, even though they're winning. Um, it makes decisions more complicated. Maybe I can put it that way. And I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that they are happy to make those decisions coming off of what looks like it will be a successful season. But <clears throat> just as they sit right now, <clears throat> it does look like they will have more complicated decisions to make than if they were two and five right now. And this just wasn't working. So to, to that degree, how interesting is their success as they think about how to navigate the future, which is something Quasi Dofo Mensa is constantly thinking about and even was yeah. thinking about with this Hawkinson trade. Yeah, it's really fascinating, I think, because, I mean, Adam Thielen talked about it today or on, on Thursday. He said, I did wonder if they were going to bring everybody back, if they felt like this group can win as is currently constituted. He, you know, because he was one of the guys that got a contract this offseason that you're thinking, okay, are they going to keep me? Are they not going to? I mean, he said they were saying all the right things, but until they actually go do it, you're not sure. So you have, you go all the way back to that, and then you have what's coming. They're kind of at this weird midpoint right now of this could end in, in a, a, a deep playoff run. Who knows where that goes? Or it could end short, and then you have to make some pretty tough decisions after this year. I, my hypothesis the entire time, because you, you, when, the, when the Vikings hired Quasi Adolfo Mensa, Mark Wilf tells us we expect to be super competitive. Right. Here and you know that may have been an offhanded comment. I don't know. We we have all sort of treated it as something of a mandate, but I think when owners say it, it, it is instructive to some degree, especially because we don't hear from them that often. So when they say things like that, it it probably tends to carry some weight. You had a GM and a head coach that inherited a team that had been built to win now, and you have ownership saying we expect to win now. That is that is an odd spot to come in and begin your regime together to try to figure out where things are going. And I, I know they did think before free agency started about the possibility of blowing it up. Sure. And that would and things like, do you trade Kirk cousins? They were talking about trading Daniel Hunter. I've, I've reported that. Uh, I think Adam Thielen would have been one of the guys that if you blow it up, he's probably not here. So there was some of that discussion, and they ultimately decided, let's let's roll with it. Let's sign Kirk Cousins. Let's bring Adam Thielen back. Let's go get guys like Harrison Phillips, Jordan Hicks, you know, guys that are meant to help us win right now. We will keep Daniel Hunter and figure the rest of that out later. We'll sign a guy like Zedarius Smith, who's coming off injury that's going to be expensive. Those are things you do when you are saying we are committing to this course of action right now. Had it not gone that way, and this is my hypothesis, this is not necessarily me reporting anything. I'm, I'm just kind of shooting from you know a little bit of a gut feeling here. But I, if, if it had not worked out, I don't know that that would have been the worst thing in the world because it would have allowed them to say, okay, we tried it with this group. We tried saying, let's just change the coaching staff and the way we kind of relate to players the way we use them. And if it didn't work, then we can go back and say, well, this obviously requires a bigger course of action. The fact that it has worked as well as it has, we were joking about this a little bit before the show. It has a little bit of a feeling like a movie plot where two guys have kind of a uh, kind of lighthearted scheme and then it just goes off to the races. Right. I, 
we, I mentioned school of rock in terms of like, well, I'm going to go make some money substitute teaching, but then I love working with these kids and everybody thinks I'm this great teacher. And then I have right. to clean, I suppose like office space, the, yeah. <laughs> with the, uh, the decimal point was the decimal points. Point. Yeah. It's not quite like major league where they're disappointed to lose, yeah. but it's it, it, right. It, it's, it's the thing where it's like, let's give this plan a try. Maybe not being, we don't know how fully committed they were to the yeah. idea, but the plan is certainly working now. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Yeah, the uh, the Michael Bolton uh, put the decimal point in the wrong yeah. spot yes. following the Superman three plot. Yes. Um, yeah, it has a little bit of that feel. I and I don't know that they would say that. I mean, you're you're considering a a number of different ranges of possibilities, I suppose, when you do any of these things. Well, it could go this way in the pie in the sky scenario. It could go this way, you know, somewhere in the middle. I and mean, we don't know how this is going to end yet. But it is fascinating in the sense that you are going to have a lot of incentive to say, let's run it back. And we have watched run it back around here for a long time. Uh, the, the mantra of the Rick Spielman era might have been run it back. Yes. So if you end up doing that again, it's like, sometimes that can work. Sometimes you end up running it back a little too long and then guys get old and it just doesn't work. But yeah, it's it's going to be. I'll say this: these last eleven weeks and whatever comes after that are going to be a really fascinating ride. This has been a fascinating ride already, but I'm I'm excited. I mean, I suppose you can hear my voice, but I'm excited to just kind of watch it happen and chronicle it because I I think there's just a ton of interesting stuff that's going to happen with this team the rest of the way. I think there is too. And one, you know, you mentioned Kirk Cousins, and again, we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. I don't think when we think about, you know, him in the short term and him in the long term. and by yeah. his own admission this week, he's basically said, I've not played my best. I don't think I've had my best seven game start to a season. And yet here he is six and one starting to sound like he's a little bit more comfortable with the O'Connell offense, with what he's been asked to do. And, you know, that's the other piece of this is like, <clears throat> you know, a lot of these guys learning new schemes, learning to, you know, play in this new system not playing as well as they could. Maybe they're going to play better as the year goes on, but already six and one, despite everything that's been maybe thrown their way. So, but you know, Kirk cousins, do the Vikings look at him and say, well, you know, he's going to get better. He's, you know, he's part of this core. He's six and one. You don't want to give away, you know, don't want to trade this off season, a quarterback who has helped you, you know, to whatever's going to happen the rest of this year and whatever has already happened this year. Or do they look at it and say, we're six and one. Our quarterback hasn't played much above league average. Um, what what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean that that is going to be one of the big questions that comes up this offseason. And Cousins will have a lot to say about that the rest of the way. But if you get to the end of the year with the number of pieces you have around you in an offensive line that has played reasonably well, I mean, at least by the standards they've had around here, it's, it's yes. the best performance they've had from a line in Kirk Cousins' time here, and now you add TJ Hawkins into the group, there should be enough to execute this offense at, at an awfully high level. And if that's not happening by the end of the year, it gets a little harder to say, 
well, just wait until the, the concrete settles in the offense, so to speak, to, to borrow an old target field reference. Yes. Um, th- this will become an offense that, that functions a lot better once everybody's comfortable and everybody knows what they're doing. I think by week 17, week 18, if that's not happening, you have a, a bigger question. But if you're winning, it's so hard to just say, well, okay, let's let's pull the plug on the most important position we have. As, as Kwesi talked about uh, in the USA the now Today infamous Sports report, Illustrated report. The now infamous, yeah, the USA Today. Oh, USA Today, sorry. Yeah, USA Today. Uh, the, 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 the one position you get nervous about, you know, blowing it up is quarterback. Right. So, uh, or I think you said not blowing it up, but the point is yeah. you never know if the guy that you get to replace Kirk cousins is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, or it's going to be the next uh, Carson Wentz or, yeah, or know, worse. Take, yeah. Take your pick of, of great quarter Geno Smith or, you know, guys that were, First place, Geno Smith. Put some yeah, respect on his yeah. name. Yeah, there's that's kind of a, a recycled version of him. But Mitch you know, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky's a great example. Yes, Christian guys Ponder. Draft high enough. Yes. Anybody from that draft, really, other uh-huh. than Newton or I think Colin Kaepernick at the end of the first round, right. but I think in the second round. But yeah, there, there's hundreds of those examples. Uh-huh. Of this is our guy, and then you miss on him. So that is the, the danger in resetting that position is that if you hit, you have a cheat code because you have a great quarterback that is making a lot less money than position demands for like five years. So that is a great thing to have. If you miss, you've probably sunk three years into the guy at least to try to prove that you were right. And then you got to go do it all again. And then who knows? So it is a dangerous thing to do when you try to go for the green there. I mean, there's a, there's a thought process to just hit the ball down the fairway. Yeah. And let's not mess with it. If we have a guy that we at least feel like can win games. Sometimes you sink three years into a guy and he hasn't even played yet. Like Jordan love. Yeah. But, there's uh, that too. But uh, that's, that's a special circumstance and a story for another time. Let's bring it back to the here and now for the last few minutes. I mean, this team is six and one. Um, like you said, a lot of excitement and how this will play out. Did you sense anything? different from this last win, even though it was still an eight point win, it was at home against a, a mediocre Arizona team. Um, did you players started to talk? It felt like this week that the, like the offense maybe is starting to click a little bit more. Did, did you, do you get that sense from them? And did you get that sense at all from watching that game? Yeah. I mean, it, that game for, for whatever reason, never felt to me like they were going to lose it. It just, cause I, I felt like they were moving the ball effectively enough that they're going to be able to produce when they need to produce. And you know, they scored five touchdowns. It's like they, it's hard to sit there and say, well, what's wrong with the offense when they score five touchdowns? I mean, yes, maybe you, you have a few drives that you want to turn on a little bit better, but I don't look at that and say you can quibble with it a whole lot because I mean, the thing they've been doing really, really well is finishing in the red zone. So that probably dresses it up a little bit. Would you like to get to a point where you're, in position to score six or seven times instead of five. Sure. Um, but they've been at least the last three games, especially they've been awfully automatic in the red zone. And Kevin O'Connell yeah. has been at best, I think he's a play caller down there. So um, it, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, and I, I think that is part of the thing when you, you talk about kind of doing the little things, right. It's when you get chances to score, you're not walking away with three. I mean, yeah. that, that's a big deal. So um, 
yeah, it, it felt to me like it was working a little bit better. It felt like, I don't know. It just, it felt like they were going to come up with answers. And I, I think they've kind of talked about that this week too, that, I don't know. I think O'Connell said it to players after the game is I didn't feel one time like we were going to lose that game. I, I thought we have what we need to pull this out. And, you know, that stuff happens. If you win enough, you start to believe that you can do it again. And success builds confidence, confidence builds success, and it kind of just rolls. So, um, you know, yeah, I think there's certainly some of that happening with this team. Final couple thoughts for you um, as they look ahead to the Washington game on Sunday. What's a realistic, realistic expectation for what TJ Hawkinson does, you know, three or four days after being acquired. I mean, he, I think he talked about the process of getting up to speed and yeah. probably not going to see the full complement of what he's able to do, at least on Sunday. Yeah. I don't think you will, at least to this point. I mean, there'll be things that you can put him in. I mean, Kevin O'Connell talked about red zone packages, third down goal line. I mean, stuff where, you know, probably either more obvious passing situations like third down and, and probably in his particular role, maybe in the red zone too. Um, well, I, I, yeah, red zone and goal line. I meant third down, red zone, two minute, I think was the other one. Right. Yep. Red zone and goal line. I got to say that. Those were, um, yeah, fine. Yeah, two minute, you're obviously throwing the ball. Third down, you're obviously throwing the ball. And there's a little less nuance to the tight end job in those spots, probably, in a lot of cases. So I, I think you'll see him there first. I I frankly think they'll, you know, you, you see this enough where it's, we, we got to bring a guy in, we got to bring him in slow, and we'll have a package for him, but then we get to the game. And things are going well, and let's just roll with it. I, my hunch is he'll play more than they're talking about this week, uh, but he at the same time probably will also get more comfortable with it as they go. Feels like a sneaky important game just because the one after this is at yeah. Buffalo, and you don't want to start a, a streak. Um, uh, you know, when Washington's won three in a row, they're not the maybe the pushover that they once looked like, and Taylor Heineke for whatever you want to say about him, his, his arch- has been the architect of these last two wins, makes a lot of plays in both directions, but but does uh, but does make plays sometimes and can be a little bit dangerous. So it feels important in that regard and not, not a kind of game where you just walk in and think you're going to win. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, I, I think this is one that, that commander's defensive front is awfully good. Um, you know, I, I think there is... Yeah, I mean, you want to win this one because it's Buffalo and then it's Dallas right after that. I mean, Dallas is at home, but you have those two and then Bill Belichick on a short week. So the Patriots don't look like the Patriots by any means, but you have what I would consider to be the toughest stretch of your schedule starting basically now in in the sense that you have back-to-back road games for one of only two times this year and – probably your toughest stretch at home as well. So yeah, it is important to stack these up when you can. I mean, they, they got a big lead in the division, but you also don't want to sit there and, and play around with it. You know, that the, the 2003 Vikings can yes. tell you about the dangers of that. So yes. And yeah, the 20, is, even the 2016 Vikings can tell you about that. Yes. I mean. Yep. Yep. When the Packers got hot and ran the table and the Vikings fell apart. Yes. It, it gave them the opportunity to, to steal the division. So yeah, I, I think it is important uh, and I also wonder, I mean, Cousins and O'Connell have said all the right things. I mean, this probably means more to Cousins especially. But um, I, I have to think he wants to go in there and play well. And yes. just, you know, kind of leave an impression that I'm not the guy that you decided wasn't good enough to to keep around. And I mean, that, that two years of the franchise tag stuff was, I think, you know, probably harder for him than, than he wants to revisit at this point. But, yeah, it's uh, – I, I have to think there's a little bit of – of something extra on this one for him. 
indeed, and the team perhaps up for sale soon, although Cousins did not uh, not have any thoughts on that, not surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one where you just say, I don't, I don't need to touch that. I'm not to uh, put in the parlance of a story we'll hear next month. I wouldn't touch that with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. Oh, I don't know what that is, but uh, I like it. What's that? The Grinch. Oh, right, right. It is next month already, isn't it? My gosh. Well, we'll keep talking this month and beyond because this is an interesting team. Ben Gessling covers it as well as anyone for the Star Tribune. Read his work. And uh, Ben, we'll do this again next Friday. All right, Mike. Thanks. And again, I would never suggest that they are disappointed by being 6-1. and one. No team in their right mind would be disappointed with winning. I am saying their decisions got more complicated by their start this season. And uh, it will be very interesting to see where the rest of this year goes and how that impacts their thinking for 2023 and what that ultimately means for the franchise's trajectory over the next three to five years. I think about all these things. I think they do too. Um, it's not the thing they should be most focused on right now. They should be most most focused on six and one. Just added a very good tight end, TJ Hawkinson. See where this season can take them. After that, then you can really worry about those other things. But those things will come to pass at some point, and they need to be prepared for those decisions. Like I said at the jump, Wild lost 4 nothing to the Seattle Kraken at XL Energy Center on Thursday night. Um, a lot of forwards missing for the Wild. Some injuries piling up early this season, so they only dressed 11 forwards gave some of their top skaters some extra time. You know, Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov up near the mid-20s in minutes. Play did not matter. Um, actually, maybe had the uh, the counter effect in this game. Wild just could not get much offense going. Seattle, a pretty disciplined, hard-working team, got some bounces. Next thing you know, it's one nothing, 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 4 nothing. final in that game. You know, in the course of 82, there's going to be some clunkers. The Wild had a whole bunch at the beginning of the year, kind of got things figured out. So we're going to give them a little bit of a pass on this one because of the 1 of 82 factor and the injury factor. But you don't want to see this become a trend where they get outworked. When you lose because you get outworked because another team um, had a little bit more jump than you, that's disappointing. You don't want to see that happen um, in a consistent way. So we will see if the Wild is able to correct that next time out and not have it become a new trend for them uh, this season because uh, you know they had turned this thing around to a certain degree don't want it to turn back the other way Timberwolves have an important game tonight at Target Center against the Milwaukee Bucks um, struck by a couple things one did you know the Golden State Warriors not really related to the Wolves in a big way but did you know the defending champion Golden State Warriors are just 3-6 and six this season? 0-5 on the road. They've got four straight losses on a five-game road trip. While Warriors coach Steve Kerr is saying stuff like, we have to save us because nobody else is coming. Now, in contrast to the Wolves, their problem so far this season has been the bench, the reserves. Their starting five has been very good, has a 24.1 plus net rating best in the league of any five-man lineup, whereas the Wolves starting lineup has been on the bottom side of that. Nevertheless, this quote from Steve Kerr caught my eye. We've had nine games now, so we've had a decent look at combinations. It's time to try something different. We've got guys who are dying to get on the floor, and we've got to find combinations that play. We will look at that as a staff. So Steve Kerr, head coach of the four-time champion Golden State Warriors 
sending a message that nine games is enough time to start making some lineup and combination changes. Interesting because after this game for the Timberwolves on a, on Monday night, Timberwolves four and four, struggling to find some good stuff, especially with the starting lineup. I wrote on Thursday about all sorts of numbers that are troubling. Assist to turnover ratio in the starting lineup is bad compared to the bench. Anthony Edwards is taking a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of hero ball shots, not a lot of assists on his shots. Their three-point rate is down. The three-point percentage is bad. Just a lot of things that signify a stagnant offense. Would the Wolves this early in the season look for some new combinations, some new lineup things? I don't know. I think a lot of it probably depends on how they play in these next handful of games and maybe how they play Friday night will have some influence over that. The Bucks, obviously a very good team, a tough task, a team that has NBA title aspirations again this year. Good luck start, Good luck stopping Giannis in this game, but we will see if things go poorly for a little while longer when Chris Finch will get into full mad scientist mode and start tweaking things more than he already has. Let's keep things in basketball. Downtown Minneapolis, Target Center, Cheryl Reeve, Lynx head coach and executive, got a five-year contract extension and a title bump. She had been the general manager for several years. She is now the president of basketball operations. One thing I was struck by, and I think Jim Suhan alluded to this in a column he wrote for Friday's paper, um, we're not sure exactly where the new incoming Wolves and Lynx owners Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez stand on their commitment to the Lynx. It jumped out at me that in their news release Thursday announcing this um, this promotion and contract extension for Cheryl Reeve, outgoing owner Glenn Taylor was the only one quoted in the release and she was the only one thanked, uh, he was the only one thanked by Cheryl Reeve in, uh, in the news release as well. Now, uh, Cheryl Reeve was quoted by saying she's had uh, she's had the right conversations with the right people, um, that she's never looking to leave this, uh, never looking to leave the the team, things like that. She said at the last con as the last contract was coming to an end, there were some things on my mind. Understanding the direction, the vision of our franchise was certainly top of mind. I was fortunate to be able to have those conversations with all involved. So sounds like Lori and Rodriguez certainly would have had to be on board with this, but. Their commitment at this point, they're where they where they where they want to be, where they want to position themselves as Lynx owners, so far stands in contrast to their standing as Wolves owners. If you remember when Tim Connolly was announced as uh, president of basketball operations about six months ago with the Wolves, Laurie and Rodriguez were front and center. They've been very front and center with the Wolves. Will that become part of their legacy with the Lynx as well? And where did they where did they fall in the uh, in the decision making process with this contract extension for Cheryl Reeve? Might not ever know that. I'm just kind of curious about it. I'll be I'll be I'll be watching to see how that evolves over time once they do become the principal owners here in not too long. Let's finish with the cooler quick. Astros, like I said, beat the Phillies three two. Took a three two series lead. All sorts of uh, twins connections up and down this game. Like I mentioned, Ryan Presley. Got the uh, got the save for Houston. The the relief pitcher the Twins uh, got rid of so many years ago. Um, still not uh, not the greatest trade in the world by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, and for Houston, short rookie shortstop Jeremy Pena, who had quite a year this year uh, for them, uh, hit the. 
tie-breaking home run in this game. Has had a fabulous postseason, of course. His playing time coming because they got rid of Carlos Correa, who signed with the Twins. A little bit of a stretch there, but just saying some connections to the Twins. Not everything's got to come back to the Twins, but that struck me as interesting in this game. And that will probably be, probably be curtains for the Phillies. They have to win two straight in Houston now. Uh, a great postseason run, but I can't imagine them overcoming this and winning two more in Houston. But you know what? I guess that's why they play the games. Lots of games coming up this weekend. Go for football at Nebraska, Vikings at Washington, the Wolves tonight against the Bucks. All sorts of stuff going on. More World Series coming up. Should be fun to watch. Patrick Royce and I will talk about it all on Monday. Until then, enjoy your weekend. I'm Michael Rand. Back at it in a couple days.